Welcome to the Practical Ascension Podcast. I'm your host and guide, Tracy Goody. Join me as we explore the multifaceted experience of awakening in this modern age of transformation. Subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode to show your support. It's mission on, lightworkers. Today, I am joined by New York Times bestselling author, channel teacher, and coach, Christy Whitman. Christy is the channel for the Council Spiritual Mentors here to spread the message of quantum energy mastery. Christy and the Council teach classes, meditations, and provide private sessions to help clients feel more aligned with their divine design of well-being, abundance, success, and loving and supportive relationships. For over 15 years, and even before channeling the Council, Christy was a transformational leader, celebrity coach, and law of attraction expert, as well as a two-time New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All and Taming Your Alpha Bitch. Today, Christy is joining me to tap into the desire factor and share her unique expression of practical ascension. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you, Tracy. Yay, thank you so much. And for some of my more consistent listeners, you may have heard my dog starting to growl in the background and that's <laughs> that can kind of happen every now and then. So I take it as a good sign she's paying attention to what's going on. <laughs> I love it. Dogs, yes, uh, dogs love this energy. So they got to be part of the show, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, I can't <laughs> lock her out of the room when I'm recording because she just wants to be here and she grounds me. So why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I was just telling Christy um, before we started our recording that I'm just wrapping up her book, The Desire Factor, reading it, and I'm completely in love with it. So it's perfect timing for this conversation. So there's many, many things I would like to touch on with you, but for keeping it focused today, I'd love to hear a little about your journey of divine embodiment into practical ascension. So like how you were able to distill such a practical book, The Desire Factor, through these really high frequency concepts that you've received in your channeling. So this whole process of high vibe concepts into practical guidance always excites me. So I'd love to hear about that journey. Yeah. You know, well, first I just want to say, like, I'm, I I was just telling my husband this morning, I'm like, I'm just a normal person. I mean, I like have, I'm a mom of two. I, Mm. you know, I I have a relationship. I've been in marriage for 15 years, got a dog, you know, business friends. I mean, we have a very full life. I I Mm -hmm. am not someone that, you know, is, is kind of living off in a cloud. I mean, I need it practical for me. And then that's just what I share with other people of how I did it, what I did wrong, or what I was learning while I misstepped or whatever this, the journey was. But for me, it came 25 years ago when I was even before that, but about 25, 26 years ago, I was having that. Okay. Wait a minute. I thought that if I graduated from college and I started a career and I got promoted and did well in that career and I was making money and I was engaged to be married, that that was going to make me happy. And none of it did. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I was miserable, but I, I wasn't satisfied. I felt like there was something that was a bigger calling for me. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I even knew I was like, okay, maybe it's religious, maybe it's spiritual, maybe like, what are we connected here to? And I remember going, I lived in Chicago with my best friend and I was going to go back to the Catholic church because that's what my upbringing was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember going into the church and feeling like, uh, it's not here. And, and that feeling of desperation of like, well, if it's not here, then where is it? Maybe it doesn't, ex- you know, like this, this doesn't exist. Well, what, I just love is that a series of events where I 
connected with a guy that worked for the company I was working with. He lived in Northern California and I was in Chicago. We started dating long distance. I made a lateral move from Chicago to Northern California. He introduced me to a few people before I realized that he was, will go down in history as the last bad guy I ever dated. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. But he introduced me to someone that was, she was a hairdresser and he had a a big group of friends. And so I went to get my hair cut from Janine and she was so joyful. Like I'd Mm. never met, and I'd never met a human being that was so full when I did not have this language back then, but so full mm. of light. Right. Yeah. And, and I couldn't put my finger on it. So she's cutting my hair. And finally I am just like, okay, wait a minute, what do you do? And she just started laughing and she's like, I meditate. And I mean, Tracy, this is 25 years ago. Right. So I never knew anybody that meditated, you know, like it I wasn't a of, thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it was, it was a thing in small groups, right? Of mm-hmm. people that didn't talk about it. And so I would imagine this goober guy sitting on a mountain meditating. And when she told me she meditated, it was like, it just completely blew my paradigm. And, <laughs> yes. you know? Yeah, so I she, do. I'll- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say I was raised Catholic as well. So just kind of searching for things in that way, but not quite finding it. And then being open, like, I just, I hear your story very much. <laughs> yes, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went to, I called as I was leaving the salon. Cause she's like, I meditate. I'll introduce you to my meditation teacher. I'll give you her number. And her name is Melanie. So I'm like dialing Melanie's number as I'm leaving the salon. <laughs> and I went to her house within, within a week. I don't remember how many days, but um, I got to her house and then Melanie is, she, you know, she's got clinky clanky new age music in the background. There's crystals and angel statues everywhere. Incense. She invites me to sit down, not at a table or a cabinet or, you know, anything like that, but on a cushion on the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing here? And she's just said, first words out of her mouth is, was, I should say, you create your own reality. Mm. And when she said that to me, I just went, what? (laughs) Yes. Something sparked. (laughs) Oh, something like birthed out. And yet the, the mind went, how, wait, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) And, you know, and, and so then she said, well, you know, I I asked her, how, how do you create your own reality? And she started with thoughts, the thoughts that you think are either repelling things from you or attracting things to you based on the way you think. And I was, I was like, what? Like, I knew I could change my mind, but to actually like identify myself as not as my thoughts, that was a huge day for me. Mm -hmm. And so she asked me to go and pay attention, just pay attention, just be the observer of your thoughts, just dial in, clue in every once in a while, put, put a post-it up, something that will remind you to, you know, listen to your thoughts and know that those thoughts are not you, but that they're coming from you based on your, your programming. And so for me, I realized and witnessed how judgmental and unkind I was to myself how critical Mm -hmm. and, you know, judgmental I was condemning to everyone, including God, you know, like I knew how to run the universe better than he did. Yeah, of course. (laughs) She did. Right. Yeah. So I was in a boxing ring with, you know, the divine, if you want to call that. And Mm -hmm. so that, that really made me realize that took me on my healing journey, which really was a story of becoming from lack and understanding what lack and limitation, what that mindset is into abundance. And Mm. so I've just followed that journey and, 
and you know, here I am. <laughs> and here we are today. I love it. So it's really like, it seems to me like your entry point was kind of that, that mindset level and that kind of mental level. So that your mental energy seemed to be the thing that was keeping you quite stuck. And so once you just even started to get a spark of that and a realization of that, it kind of like catalyzed the whole process of just unfolding one step after another. Exactly. I came in. Yeah, exactly. I came in through the portal of the mind and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but there was a lot of emotions under there that needed oh, yeah. to be cleared. And yeah, I've been, I've been doing healing work on myself for, you know, 25 years plus now. And, and, uh, it's always been worth it and it's always a journey and there's always more, there's always more. Mm. And what I'm hearing too, like kind of underneath all of this is it's not like you just were like, oh, now I am channeling these beings and now I'm writing a practical book about it. It's something that you've lived and you've embodied and you, you understand more than just kind of the, uh, the outside layer of things because you're, you're in it, you have the experience of it. Absolutely. And that's why the council, one of the reasons they chose me is because Mm. I've been teaching this, you know, I've been, I've been coaching for 20 years. I've been an author for 20 years. Um, I started one of the first online coaching academies back in 2008, where I was certifying law of attraction coaches. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so, but yet leaning into my own journey, because there came a time about five years ago, where um, all, all my books have been channeled and that's a whole nother story of how I became an author and how that first book channeled through me. But, um, you know, all along the way, there's been all these moments where my hands will go up and a person would feel, and they, we were not on zoom or Skype or anything. We were on a telephone call and the person in Seattle, Washington could feel me while I was in Montreal and put my hands up and I was, my hands went up independently of my own consciousness. And I was even Mm. trying to put my hands down. So, you know, it was like, what is happening? And then the woman's like, did you just put your hands around my neck? And I could see like the outer layer of her as if my hands were around her neck. And I'm like, Mm. yep. You know, and she's like, oh, my neck's been killing me all day. And then it was done. You know, so that was like, okay, that was wild. (laughs) That was trippy. What just happened? And yet, you know, things like that kept happening. And, and then I started doing like healing work on my best friend's little girl because she had a really bad headache one day and everybody was there at my house was just like, what just happened? Cause she came in like all hurting. And then all of a sudden she went running up the stairs and she was totally fine. And so it it was cut around that time that I kind of came out as a healer and an energy healer. And so I just kept leaning in and leaning in and kind of taking my assignments from the council would I, you know, not fully knowing them embodiment, that full embodiment yet, but hearing them and mm. hearing, seeing visions and, you know, being able to use myself as a conduit for their healing to come through me. And then one day it just, it, it was like, move aside, Whitman, we're coming in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I mean, it makes so much sense to me too, kind of looking at it from an energetic perspective, because you had spent so much time, like really aligning your frequency into your, your highest vibration soul self into this increasing amount of who you really are and more of your potential and more of your creativity so that you were an open conduit for that energy healing magic to come through and all that to come through because you had already been doing the mindset and frequency work on yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Everybody has such a different story of how they open up 
into these types of energies and it's it's so much fun and it's it can be really kind of like mind-blowing especially when you enter in from the mental energy and I know I was a similar way because you're just like wait a minute no 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 this isn't happening like this is not real and then you get around to it and then you're like okay this is happening this is who I am and so let's go with it right it, it yeah. feels good to go with it I mean light it always, just light always feels so good Exactly. So, all right. So the, the topic of our conversa- conversation and what I want to bring in here is that I believe right now desire is something that a lot of people in the spiritual community have a very complicated relationship with those that I've worked with and spoken to at least. And I think that it is time for us to reclaim this. So mm-hmm. how are you looking at desire as a spiritual practice? Well, the way I look at it and what I know now know from channeling the council and feeling them and being in this space is that desires are really, they're divine. They come mm-hmm. into us as a way of moving, as a way of creating, as a, as a way of flowing, because nothing gets moving or created unless there's a desire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in order for us to be able to co-create with that divine that's in us, we're, the divine can't do the things without us. So it needs a it needs a conduit, and we're the conduit. We need to take the action. We need to do these things. But it wants to experience the growth, and it wants to you know have us enjoy this life experience, co-creating with it. And it, it's you know in the it, it it's a a lot of healing to do in the spiritual community where everything is you're a victim and there's Mm. not enough and you need to be poor and you know all of these things they were and i'm just going to say it boldly and bluntly these were things that were not of the christ consciousness these are things that were not of the higher energy realm because the higher energy realm is all about inclusion it's all about oneness it's all about love abundance, success, well-being, thriving, feeling good, creating. That's what it's about. And anything that's not of that, of that joy, freedom, excellence, you know, expansion, all the things that desires birth in us, then it's not, it's not of the divine. It's Mm man-made. It's, it's illusion of lack. That's it. That's the exact word I was waiting for. Illusion. Like that's so what it feels like. So it's, So the way that your kind of your perspective on desire is, and I really, really love this, is that it's really moving away from the illusion of that wounded, that wounded healer archetype, and then moving back into the empowered healer into just like you said, all of those components that come with what is truly in the divine design, what's not part of kind of that illusion and programming that's been going on for so long. Yeah. It's the healed healer. That's what it we're is talking about because yep. I can't do, you even said it, right? It's like, I can't do what I do as far as channeling. If I didn't heal all those years of those pain points and all those imprints and all those limitations, I wouldn't be doing this right now. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very aware of that. And, you know, a lot of us wouldn't be because we have to heal the pain in order to bring in more of a divine connection and light. And when you really think about it too, because, you know, the next conversation is, well, you know, some, there's so many material things. And, you know, if you desire something material, that that's bad, you know, that's so selfish. And the fact is, is that everything is energy and all energy in order for us to create anything, whether it's a 
you know, sum of money or a partner or a purse or, a, you know, a business opportunity, we have to be in vibrational alignment with it. So we become more of who we are in the attainment of that desire. I don't care if it's a new house, building a new house, or if it's, you know, uh, get, getting a coach purse, or if it's building a big business with your podcast or creating a family you know, it's all in the flow of the divine and we are here to thrive and to feel good and be into alignment with our divine design of well-being and abundance and success and love. The mm. rest, is, the rest is just, you know, again, that illusion, smoke and mirrors. Exactly. And I like what, I like that you brought in as well, that, that desires, you know, it can be a material thing. It could be something that quote unquote, there's, you know, there's no, no purpose for, you know, what, what would, how would it evolve me to, to want this purse or to want these shoes or to want whatever it is, but that's not our job to figure out how it's going to evolve us. Just know that, Hey, that lights you up. That's a postmark. That's a, that's a guide on your path to be continually moving forward, expanding, allowing more of your light to flow in. So don't judge because that judgment's just coming from the mental energy again, right? Exactly. Don't judge what it is you desire. Just allow yourself to receive it. Exactly. We mm. get to be the, we get to be the receivers of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's why this book is so important because it literally is a step-by-step -step approach to not only creating the desire because the human in us, like, like, let's face it. Like if we're going to go for something and we're going to allow ourselves to want something, we want to achieve it. We want to have it. We want to hold it, kiss it, you know, whatever it may be, spend it. We want that physical experience because we're physical. It just makes yeah. sense. And yet the higher part of us, the non-physical part of us wants the growth and the expansion mm. and not, and not just for us, but I mean, think about it. Yeah. If, if I make more money, if I go to that next level of more money, that expands everything around me, including an experience for my husband, for my kids, for my parents, for the money that I would donate for my team, for, you know, it, it, it exp everybody expands because of it. There is nothing wrong if I make more money, right? Or if I have a greater success, or if I find more love and create more love in my life, a connection, a deeper connection, just even to self-love, divine love. I, by that vibration shifting in me, it shifts the energy that I send out to my boys and to, to my husband and my dog and the neighborhood and, you know, my family and friends and everybody benefits from it. it it's, it's so true. And it's really is that multidimensional approach. So just like your desires that you're pulling in, so be it a purse or self-love or whatever it is that might have a physical component to it, but the energetic component that's so much larger. And that's just the same thing that you're saying there is just you don't know the amazing benefits that's going to come from you receiving your desire besides the actual receiving and all of the wonderful things that go with it. But just like you said, everybody around you, your whole frequency shifts with it. You get to expand into more light. So everybody wins. Exactly. Mm. Everybody wins. Everybody mm. benefits. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, oh, what I love light, that's what light does, right? That's what, you know, connection with the divine does. It amplifies, it includes everyone into the wholeness, into the oneness. The lie is on the other end that there's only so much. So I, if I'm making more money, that means you can't, right? Or mm -hmm. if I have success, that means you can't. If I'm shining, that means you can't because that's that competition one up, one down conversation that I was reared, raised in that, you know, yep. and 
I've been there, had some ugly moments there, uh, you know, sometimes dip my toe back in it. And it's like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. Yep. Right? <laughs> it, it's, it's just doesn't, it, and it's not of the divine light always mm-hmm. just has so many much, so much more benefits. Mm, yeah. And again, it's that, that's, that's, that's part of the wounded healer archetype, right? Is thinking, well, there's only so much money or there's only, you know, I'll be taking away from this healer if I get this client or, you know, just that entire mindset, it's shifting away from that and saying that, no, 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 that's not even part of the equation. That's part of the illusion. Just let's shift into the desire instead. Let's yeah. just let that happen. Mm. I love it. Yep. Okay. All right. So next up is a question that I ask all of my guests and I always find it interesting how everybody has a a little bit of a different story on this, but it seems to flow in a very similar way. So I'd love to hear about a time where you moved into practical ascension. So shifting from a challenge to opportunity or growth. I, I, got, I got so many. Which one do you Any want? Any of those? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. So that's a great question. I, so when my son, Maxim, who's now 10, when he was two months old, um, we took him and his brother. So my boys are 16 months apart, right? So I took uh, Alex, my oldest, for an 18 month checkup and my son, Maxim for a two month checkup. We went to the doctor, my husband was with us and took one look at Alex, you know, clean bill of health, gave him a little toy. And he was sitting off in the corner, takes one look at Maxim who's two months old. And he says, immediately go to the hospital, take your, don't take your other son home, go there now. And we were like, wow. what, what in the heck is going on? So we drive to um, about 40 minutes to Montreal Children's Hospital we come in and they don't even have a sit down. They are whisking our son. They don't even weigh him anything. They just start putting pick lines in him and oxygen. And, and we're like, what is happening? Meanwhile, I'm holding my, you know, 18 month old, um, trying to make him laugh and, you know, and all this mm. swarm, like a swarm of doctors and nurses come around him. And finally, after test, after test, after test, and my mother-in-law had come and gotten our oldest son, my husband, Frederick, and I went into this room with the cardiologist and she was saying, well, this is interesting. We've never seen this before in this way. And we're like, what? And she said, he's got a transposition of the great arteries, which means that his, his arteries are not mixing the oxygen properly to beat it to, you know, the heart, through the heart, through the rest of the body. He's got two holes in his, in his heart area, one between his two valves. And then one where the baby takes their first breath, there's a valve that closes. His did not close. So these two points were keeping him alive because babies that have this transposition, transposition, I can't even say it now, <laughs> transposition of the great arteries, they usually are found when the, when the baby's still inside the mother, right? Right. And they are literally operated on uh, within a day uh, after, right? And, or, or they're caught in the hospital when the mom's in the hospital for a couple of days, nobody makes it past a week. Usually the baby dies in their, in their crib if it wasn't um, diagnosed. Right. So Maxim was two months. Wow. And we were like, what? And so he had to not only go in for the open heart surgery that anybody else would have, they have to get him stronger because they don't know that he's going to be able to make it through the surgery because he wasn't strong enough. So they mm-hmm. had to put him in ICU, right? The whole thing. I turned to my husband and I said, okay, there is no other vision that we are holding mm-hmm. other than him 
growing up, wrestling around with his brother, with you, us going on vacations, you know, going to different places, going to Disneyland, going camping, like just doing all these different things. And I said, we're not going to entertain the energy of who is at fault for not catching this, or we're not going to put worry and fear into this equation. You and I have to stick together and just focus on the positive aspects, focus on good energy around him. Nobody goes around him that is in worry or fear. Yes. He's like, I totally agree. And I said, and we're going to keep things positive at home. We have no idea how long this is going to be. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. We have no idea how long he's going to be in the hospital. And you know, we have to keep things normal for Alex at home too. And we just like teamed up together and went, okay, that's it. There's no other, there are moments obviously where it was frustrating or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things happen, but we would always work the energy of it and stay focused only on him coming home and being healthy. He was Mm -hmm. in the hospital a month. He had, um, an open heart surgery and two other major procedures. And he is now a 10 year old, almost, almost 11 year old, you know, he'll, he, he's just the, the star of his soccer team. He's the coolest kid. He, he is such a miracle story. Mm-hmm. And it's in moments like that where, you know, I could have totally buckled, Yeah, but, but I live this. And, and it's when I, anytime I've had situations like that, like I had my sister commit suicide. It was in moments like that where I literally just dig, di- I just dig deep and I double down on meditation and energy yep. work and, you know, and all that stuff to keep in that creative mind of what might want my narrative to be, not what I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, and I'm, I'm happy that you shared this story as well, because it really highlights, you know, that's not, that's not an easy thing for a parent to do. It's a choice that you had to keep making. Like, like you said, of course, there's going to be moments of frustration and fears and things like that, but it was your choice to continually say, I understand. And I recognize the power and the value and what my focus is and what my frequency is towards this situation. And I'm making the choice that's going to be highest and best for my son, not that's easiest for me. Cause the easiest generally for parents is going to be, you know, go into that blame energy, go into that fear energy. So it's not the easy choice. It's, it's the highest and best choice. Amen to that. Wow. That's exactly mm. it. Mm. That's powerful. That's really, really. And I can just feel, cause you know, mom to mom too. And I'm just like feeling the power behind those words too, of, of making that choice. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Like, like I said, I mean, there were moments where I was, you know, Mm -hmm. on my, on my bathroom floor crying and I let myself feel, feel the, the energy that was pulsating through me. And then I would return back to, nope, he's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's, you know, and exactly. Yeah. Because that's, that's why energy mastery is just so important because we're going to have emotions, you know? Yes. Emotions. Yep. And that's, that's another key piece too, that I really want to pull in here for our listeners is that it's not about not having bad emotions and staying positive hundred percent of the time. It's about allowing that to process through and then getting back on board with your vision, getting back on board with what you do want to feel and where you do want to go, as opposed to, you know, pushing those negative emotions saying, I'll deal with you later. I'll deal with you later. If they're coming up. You're going to have to just let it happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They don't go away. <laughs> no, no, they're not going to. They'll just fester if you don't deal with them. And then they go in the body and they create a shoulder yep. pain or a stomach pain. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's easier. The easier, if you want easy way out, we'll process the emotions. 
truth. It's true. (laughs) I know sometimes I'll be like, something will come up for me. And literally the only thing that's going on in my mind is I don't want to look at this. I don't want to look at this. And I'll keep saying that until I'm finished looking at it pretty well and dealt with it and resolved it. But I do have to take that first leap in order to, to move through. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's so much worth it though. Oh, it's so much. And here's like practical, like a practical example of what I'm talking about. What we're talking about is, Mm -hmm. um, I came out of a, my grocery store. I get my iced tea from there in a great mood. You know, it was down, around the time of the pandemic. So everybody's wearing their masks and stuff. And I was getting into my car and this very aggressive yellow Camaro comes peeling around the corner. And I thought she was going to hit me. And I was like, oh, like my eyes must've made a, you know, <laughs> like a, they must've popped out of my head or something. Cause I thought I was going to get hit and, you know, sitting there in the, in the, parking lot. And so this woman without even parking her car, like she was trying to get out of her car without parking it. She was super aggro. And she just started like, Kim, what the F is your problem? And I'm like, I don't have a problem. <laughs> like what the hell, you know? And so I got in my car and then I just had this anger, like what the hell did I do to deserve that? Right. And like, wait a minute, you're not a victim. You attracted that. You have no idea why you attracted that but you did attract it. Let's focus on the compassion that you attracted that, you know, focus on the fact that that was a human moment that just did not feel good, feel that. And then it's like, you know what? I have compassion for her because clearly she is not in a good place, whatever is happening. Exactly. And then I was able to return back to the joyful feeling. That was a blip of maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. Whereas mm-hmm. I would have in the past been like, oh, that, you know, I might've even talked back to her. I don't have a problem. What's your problem? Right. I like the whole <laughs> attitude back. And then it could have ruined my day, my week. Mm-hmm. You know? it, so it's just not worth it. It's a really good practical application. And I use that in traffic a lot too. If somebody cuts me off and for a second, I'll be like, er, and then I'm like, I love you. I love you. I yep. love you. And I just send <laughs> love to them until I'm chill again. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. So where can our listeners go uh, to find you online and what are you working on? I I know people are going to want to check out more besides obviously go and buy the desire factor if you haven't grasped that yet. Yes, that would be a great first place to start, but I'm Mm -hmm. actually working on uh, the Desire Factor podcast, which is going to be launching soon. So Yeah. So, but you could go to christywhitman.com. All that information is there. Um, TheDesireFactor.com is where you can look at, you know, where the the book is located is pretty much anywhere if you, if you go online and yeah, that's, that's what I'm working on. That's where you can find me. I love it. All right. So Christy, number one, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure and so much fun chatting with you. So I would love to know, is there anything else you feel our listeners should know as we are ending off today? Yes, that, you know, all of us really are divinely designed. We're imprinted from an energetic place to thrive and to feel good, to literally have our bodies, our mind, our soul, our spirit, you know, everything, our experience here to be in well-being and abundance and success and love. 